Welcome to Talking in Stations, an EVE Online podcast streamed while we record it. I'm your host, Matt Earl, and today we have the crew here. We're going to start out 2018 the right way by going uh, around the map a bit, talking about what players have been up to, what we expect will happen in 2018, and that kind of stuff. But first, smiling out of San Diego there is Carneros. How are you doing? Good. It's a beautiful day here today, so, so yeah, good to be here. Awesome. Uh, you had a good new year, I take it? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, Eve online, champagne, and pajamas. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Dirk McGurk, you're over there in the cold part of the country. Man, man. It's like the day after tomorrow up, <laughs> up in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold. That's why I'm wearing a sweatshirt today. It's like even my basement, you know, where my office and man cave is and everything, um, that normally kind of stays a static temperature throughout most of the year. Um, yeah, it's like starting to get cold down here. I may have to actually turn on the heat. Oh, it's awesome. A little trivia. I designed part of the artwork for Day After Tomorrow. Did you really? Uh, yeah, I did. I designed a lot of that stuff. In fact, um, in order to get the snow right, we actually had to uh, put a bunch of water and sugar together and then let it plaster over a piece of paper, and then we'd photograph that and then put that into the artwork. It's kind of funny. So anyway, let's keep going here. Back is uh, Caleb. How are you doing? I'm fine. I was actually expecting all of you Americans to be in winter clothes because <laughs> social media is just showing everything is just freezing over. Well, it pays to live in the West sometimes. Uh, another person that's freezing is uh, from Chicago. Oops, I just doxed you. Noisy Gamer. Hello, everybody. It is a sunny 23 degrees above zero, uh, which is like the first time it's been that warm in about 12 days. Yikes. What was it normally? Uh, we went through a streak of 12 days below 15 degrees, which was which tied our record that was set in 1934. Yikes. Can't even imagine. Oh, and finally, out of the uh, warm... Uh, what is it? Uh, Europe, I guess, or past Germany. What's the country past Germany? De- <laughs> uh, Holland? There's a country uh, past Germany? A- Apple pear. <laughs> yeah, the from? Netherlands. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, that's it. I thought you were underwater. Oh, you built dams. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. It's in the, a new year, and uh, I'm having a lot of fun, so. All right, cool. All right, we're missing uh, Thel, Ankora, and uh, Jin Tan, who should be showing up at some point. If not, we have plenty to carry on with. Uh, and so let's get on with the show. Looking at the news, we're going to we'll go north, south, um, do some low-sec, high-sec, faction war area. Then we'll get into the meta um, topics. And uh, then we'll talk a little bit about the 2018 preview coming out of CCP and what's, what's headed our way as early as Tuesday. All right, so the North, let's start there. Who do we have in the North? First of all, if you're not familiar, in the North uh, is where uh, darkness is, has settled and uh, Pandemic Horde and Pureblind. And you have NC and PL's home stations up there in tribute. Uh, and then there's... Uh, more um, alliances that are renting uh, as part of big renting uh, empire there. Uh, that's who lives in the north. There's other people that are, you know, further north and Tinal and Venal and stuff like that. Uh, I'll look at a map in just a second. But... There's other people. 
Yeah, there's other indigenous running around up there without <laughs> shirts on. Um, but yeah, so what's going on up there? Um, well, I'll just say from the NC dot point of view, uh, we were allowed to return from the south where we were fighting the last days of the um, year to kind of um, have our holidays up in the north and everybody could rat, get fat and relax while... Um, you know, people were spending time with their families and stuff like that. There are still missions going on, but they were a little bit uh, less frequent and less important. Uh, but that's going to end up changing pretty soon as the year gets started. But, you know, that's what's going on up there. Um, PL is in the south, uh, but they are moving into tr uh, Providence, I think, to cause some havoc. And we'll get to that a little bit later when we talk about the south. The other part of the north is um imperium is up there not well, I mean, officially deployed but well i mean you got guardians of the galaxy right you know they're up in the you know up in the declan area right so that that coalition and you know as you were saying you know pandemic horde and whatnot right you know but uh some either, either a sig or or some multiple sig elements or whatever have, have sort of moved in up there they've dropped some structures down and uh pure blind to guardians of the galaxy is uh is you know sort of taking on you know what appears to be a a minor incursion into that area yeah the, the, what, what i know is that we have a lot of good fights there uh, of a lot at least we had this week uh two one one already wrote about on imperium news about an, uh, a fight about an Esther house where uh they dropped all the world of us at us and we brought some uh we brought some fleets off from the from the south and uh had an amazing fight over an uh an Esther house they put in a second timer uh, killed a shitload of stuff. They killed a shitload of our stuff, and it was just amazing. And earlier today, we had uh, we were shooting some passes in 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 a system, and then we got interrupted because we uh, we we found some carriers to kill, so we killed a few carriers, and then went back at shooting passes and got interrupted again because we found another carrier to kill, and went back to shooting passes and then got interrupted again and killed. And, uh, a few raw calls and uh, and hell that was there. And on the way back, we tackled an, uh, a titan that uh, we got down to 33% armor or 30% armor before they uh, were able to uh, get enough stuff on the grid to defend it and had an amazing fight there. Uh, that uh, The titan wasn't very good at aiming his BFG, so I think he needs to train a bit more sissy for that. Uh, otherwise, our fleet might not have uh, survived and not tackled him. And we went home. So basically, what 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 I have uh, there is we shoot a lot of carriers and other things that are around there, and having a, having some uh, mostly minor fights and sometimes a uh, bigger fight. But yeah, it's pretty amazing. So you guys are up there doing what? We're cleaning up postcodes, apparently. Uh, Refing passes now. Uh, what what do we do there? Uh, yeah, we're fighting just uh we we have uh some people that uh are very good at finding uh enemy carriers enemy rockals and we shoot those pretty much and sometimes they get angry and salty and then they shoot some of the structures we manage somehow to put down there to do things and then we get sometimes some fights well it's uh it's kind of funny it's embarrassment of riches the way it's coming at you 
it's like a it's like you're 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 fishing in a pond and then some uh wild game goes walking by you go and you take care of that you come back you fish a little longer on the pause it's just yeah like, yeah that, that that's but that's basically it this is just uh some people do that in delve uh shooting our ratters and we uh we sometimes shoot other one people's ratters and uh, get some fights there so that's good yeah we're gonna miss passes when they're gone oh yeah totally i'm i'm going to uh to uh, yeah i'm going to miss those I, I had a lot of fun shooting those i remember the days uh, that i was running a and i fleets the best yeah. fleet concept like ever a... in my opinion and just ref all the posses everywhere and just uh, yeah it's like that girlfriend you didn't respect yeah yeah basically we were shooting possible and you're like damn the funny thing we were shooting those bosses today and we had uh, we had people that haven't really interacted with bosses that much like since citadels came about so we had to explain the boss mechanic that bosses reinforce at 25 percent and you cannot shoot them with uh with normal drones you have to use sentries and and all those kind of things or people how to tell people uh, how to set your boss password and all those kind of things uh, for people who uh, are newer to the game like people yeah i'm just playing this for a year and yeah i've seen a boss but i have not done really anything with it so that's yeah, pretty we've amazing reached, we've reached that point like already right i mean there will come a time when it was you know when, when there will be players in this game who never knew what a pause was and yeah, <laughs> and yeah we'll but, have to yeah. tell them that back back in the old days yeah Tell me the stories about the pause. <laughs> and, you know, and, yeah. and, and even right now, with you know, with, with the proliferation of of you know uh, the upwell structures, right? Um, they a lot of newer players just have no interaction whatsoever with you know with pauses. I mean, certainly yeah. now that the moon mining has has changed it, right? Um, you know, unless they're taking a jump bridge or you know jump into a sino beacon or something, you know, they they may really just have no reason to ever be near a pause. Yeah, and, and why some of us old people need to lobby for one of those vintage servers to be opened? Vintage, <laughs> <laughs> Eve, Eve classic. But yeah, no, seriously, no. it's 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 opening on World of Warcraft, right? They are getting those vanilla servers. Yeah, yeah, let's not do that. Around, you know, not opening. It's only bosses were used for sovereigns, and you had to have fifty percent of the system, and and give it a couple more years. Like just bosses in general will be like that. Not many people remember. There's still some around who do, but not everybody. Oh, that's uh, yeah. Thel. So people who haven't, uh, I didn't introduce Thel. So how are you doing, Thel? Doing good. I'm a writer for INN um, in game with NC. So yeah, that's good. Cool. A little closer to the mic. I think we need to get your voice. Yeah, on. hard for them to hear the difference between NC and MC. Is that? Yeah, that's better already. I can tell. All right. Church ran late, so uh, so did he. Very nice. But right. yeah, bosses. So that uh, that was just funny, uh, seeing that for people like what the fuck and <laughs> getting those responses. So yeah. well, that's awesome. Uh, so okay, how long are you guys gonna stay? Do you know? Can you tell us? I don't know. Uh, we just come there to shoot some things and then see how it goes. One of those things where if it starts getting really good, you guys will put more and more behind it. I don't think so. We're just having fun, and that's the most important uh, thing. And uh, sometimes get some fights. And uh, like a few days ago, that uh, the funny things is most of the things are pretty small, etc. Like a day ago, two days ago, we we saw Horde mining on a citadel 
of on a uh, moon rock, so we dropped in some bombers to bomb the horde, and then went stayed there for one and a half two hours because they didn't want to mine anymore, and they got salty and local, so we got some tears and those kind of things are just funny to do and uh, work very well with small groups uh, to do that yeah. and uh, harvesting the tears, uh, and that's basically what 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 I'm doing there. Uh, is sometimes some bomber fleets and and those kind of things too. Just have fun. Well, it's all small right now, isn't it, guys? Like, there's just not any big uh, engagements going on. Except, I mean, there's the case to be made that the uh, Russians and the new Chinese uh, bloc are fighting each other. We'll get to that in a bit when we talk about the South. But other than that, there's really no major conflicts going on. Well, I mean, it feels no like problem. everyone is just sitting on their hands waiting for the next patch at least before they actually start doing anything. But there are rumblings, right? And a bit of drama in the meta. I mean, there's no full court press going on out there just yet, it seems. I mean, yeah, you've got some smaller level conflicts and sometimes those do lead to to big fights, right? Or, you know, I don't want to use the term big fight because everybody's, you know, certainly not a BTAC or something like that, right? But, you know, good size, good sized fights that stack up for 500 billion in losses. Um, I mean, that's, you know, that's going on out there, but. Is it is a good is the definition of a good fight you know uh, a battle where you get three hundred million in loss uh, three hundred billion in losses or is a good fight like where two groups get angry at each other and fight for like three months? No, no, good good fights are just like the battles that happen themselves, right? It, the other things would be either a war or that's a good question. What makes campaign. a good fight? But isn't it also very likely that the that the whole way of uh, structures is actually going to change the way that warfare is conducted? Wait, before you transition us, I, I like that question because I think it needs to uh, needs to be thought about. Like when you talk about, especially from a media point of view, good fight. What does that mean? Well, is good fight's kind of a meme, right? I mean, you know, it's 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 simply having a good fun battle. Uh, preferably one that you come out on top on. So in some ways, it's kind of like eye of the eye of the beholder, right? If you get dunked, that probably wasn't a good fight for you. Um, if you both lose evenly, then it could be maybe a good fight for both sides, you know. And if you certainly are the victor of that particular, it was you know definitely a good fight for you, right? I mean, there are some organizations out there that that really um, um, it's not necessarily about a strategic objective or something like that. It's just about having the enjoyable. Um, you know, battle of, uh, of some sort, you know, whether it be a 1v1 or, or a thousand on a thousand, um, you know, was it a good fight, right? Um, it's not just a meme. And, and it, well, it's, it's a meme used a, against elitist organizations, well, right? G-U-D-F-I-T-E-S is good, is a meme, but. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and sometimes you win and sometimes you don't win. Sometimes a draw can be a fantastic one. Or sometimes you're, you're, one third as many people as the other guys, but you came out just slightly underneath them on the ISK comparison and you go, hell, that was a good fight. My heart was beating the whole time. You know, yeah. of course, you could say that about the Titan guy in the earlier conversation who got out at 30% armor. I bet his heart was beating for the next 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, th those things are amazing. And uh, I linked the, the, the article to earlier for about the fight we had in uh in the north uh, earlier this week where they reinforced the citadel and they literally brought everything down there with supers uh, and etc and we still won the fight on iskor we lost objective but we won the fight on iskor and i think 
having such a battle uh, was very intensive. Uh, not really a big objective. I think for me, good fights are things that is not really you have a big objective or you want to do something. And you get a nice fight with a nice battle. There are some good tactics. People uh, perching around, getting getting good tactics, trying to be smarter than each other. And I think that for me, that's just a good fight. If you're really having a war, uh, I'm in Imperium and we have the mantra, during war we don't give good fights, it's hell dunks or blue balls. Uh, and that's, yeah, that, then you don't do fights or uh, then you don't want to do things like this. But in, in times like this, where there's not that much happening, then uh, why not have a nice fight about sometimes sometimes uh, a thing and kill oh. some things, have fun, and you don't have a really a goal with it. One of the funny things I've seen is this uh, this guy who tracks his Fitbit heart rate and it uh, it's going you know normal because he's got an office job and then it spikes up because he's working out and then he goes home and around seven o'clock at night it spikes up even higher than when he was working out and he's like, here's where I got gate camped by NC dot. <laughs> We need to get that for the streamers. Yeah. We should get heart rates for streamers, yeah. That would be awesome to be actually able yeah. to see how stressed they are. A bunch of biofeedback. I like that idea a lot. That's really cool. He was really like that. Like it's the only game, at least that I've played, that really you're so invested in it. Like you oh, go yeah. and play Battlefield or COD, and I mean it's exciting, but you're not freaking out like whether or not you're gonna escape this bubble. I remember last year during the first January fight in uh, FRR. That was a fight for me for 11 hours. I was seeing there, and it was just such an intense fight. I think I switched t-shirts two or three times, so soaked and sweaty were my t-shirts. It was just so intense, uh, and yeah, that, that are the good feelings. Then you like really have something. Oh my god! Yeah. All right, and there's some cool stuff coming in from uh, chat here on people and what they think a good fight is. Um, so, and yeah, I mean, it, and, and when I said meme before, I, you know, I was differentiating between a good fight, right, and what is sometimes referred to as a good fight, right, the G U D F I T E, you know, one, right, where where basically there is not necessarily a strategic objective; it's just people who are using something in order to get the action of the fight. Well, it's funny, and like everything in Eve, there's different layers to a thing. So when you when you talk about uh, good fights, that comes from a culture of not wanting to demoralize the people you're fighting because they're actually putting up a fight, and so you want that to go on. So a group will say good fight in local, or FC will say everybody say good fight in local to kind of encourage them to come back for more, uh, and that comes from both sides. If they had fun, they're they're likely to say yeah, put good fights in local. And that's a signal to the other guys that, hey, this was fun, thanks. Um, you know, let's do it again. The opposite of that was to demoralize them by crapping all over local chat and just making fun of them. And, you know, and a bigger group will easily intimidate a smaller group out of participating anymore. And so that's where that good fight culture kind of sprang from. It's like, hey, man, we're just in it for the, for the fun. We don't really want to take your territory, that kind of stuff. So it, it has another layer there. Um, and then there's just a general idea of what is a good fight and how do you get it and wh what constitutes fun and Eve and that kind of thing. So like anything in Eve, there's a whole bunch of stuff that, uh, that's uh, got different layers to it and different cultural uh, evolutions to it. 
but yeah. Well, you know, I think else? I think Apple kind of you know you know kind of made a good point before um, um, with sort of the way the Imperium fights wars. Right, they're not out for good fights; they're out for strategic objectives. Uh, exclusively when it comes to that, right? They're not going to piss things away just to have fun. You know, they will go through, you know, a, a tremendous level of grind to avoid giving you necessarily just an enjoyable encounter, right? If what they have are strategic objectives. And then there are other organizations that will sit there and go, fuck it, we don't care. What we're looking for is to is to get you into a position just to be able to have the fight. We don't even want your territory. We don't even want your structure. We just want you to think we want it so that you'll come and defend it. Which is why if you, you, could, you could argue that Lifeblood and Upwell is basically catering for that kind of gameplay, right? So we could expect some changes in, in how warfare is conducted. In if, you, if you start a SIG, a special interest group, or if you start a corp, uh, or take a leadership position in one, you feel like you need to bring some content to your guys. You have to give them some fun things to do. Um, if you you're, you're going to try to give them a mixture of things because not everyone's going to like the same thing. Same thing. Some of them are going to want a nice, even, fair fight. They like that. That's a good fight to them. Some of them are going to want gank opportunities. They like that. They've got a fancy toy. They want to drop it on someone. You know, to to a man with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. If you've got a black ops battleship, everything looks gankable. I mean, it's you want to do stuff like that, and then you've got. Upper management, we'll call them, who's occasionally giving you things and saying, go do this for us. We need it. It's strategic. And it might not be fun. And your guys might not. So you're trying to mix up the content that you're bringing to your to your little community. Uh, keep them happy. Keep them focused so that when it is wartime, they will do what needs to be done, and which in, may include blue balls and may include um, a, an unfair over application of force, you know, they're, it's like taking care of a pet. You know, once you've adopted a SIG or a corp or something, you have to feed and water and care for this pet now. And it can be a lot of work. So you're trying to mix in stuff. I imagine Chia Pet when you say this pet, because it doesn't... It's a really... Chia Pet. <laughs> Some the of them are Chia Pets. Trust you me. Throw the fur out. <laughs> they jump through a gate and then don't align. Or then they go up to a gate and then they don't jump through. And you yell at them and yell at them. And then afterwards they tell you, I'm sorry, my daughter started throwing up and I needed to go take care of her. I know, I know. Oh, yeah. I know this. That's horrible. Like you were renting at somebody and then you hear backward what was happening and then you feel so bad. The the last thing on this is that people used to say like, hey, you're supposed to do exactly what the FC says. And I'm like, man... I'm an adult and I've got a life and I'm trying to play at the same time. I'm going to do what I already know because I'm a veteran player to do with the FC's instructions in mind. Uh, and that comes in, you know, complex things like, oh, everybody siege green. Well, I can't siege green because I know I have to step away for a few minutes. So I'm going to siege red, you know, stuff like that. It's, I, d I didn't know. Oh, so, you like, free thinkers. Yeah, I was, well, I was offended by like, I'm, an ex I'm experienced enough to make adjustments to accommodate my real life into, you know, these pause bashes with dreadnoughts kind of thing. But anyway, uh, all right, back to north. Anything else going on in the north? Should we take a look at the map and see who's actually up there? I feel like I slighted some people. Is the north like not like Guardian of the Galaxy, PL, and C, and MC pretty much? Oh, yeah. yeah. And Horde. Yeah. 
mostly it. Yeah. Yeah, those are the groups that are that have like standing armies and stuff like that, but uh, there are, there are other groups out there. There's definitely a lot of renting space in there all through those areas, right? Yeah, but so so the north is is having some activity thanks to uh, the Imperium who's up there. Ooh, a couple of subscribers, uh, Valorian and and somebody else earlier. Thank you guys. All right. So let's uh let's move south, shall we? Seems like there's a lot of action down here in 5C TAC RPA. That's Insumother. Insumother? Oh, we're going out we're going out to uh the southeast. South southeast, right? Yeah, south, southeast. Uh instead of breaking it into quadrants, I went ahead and just broke it into north, south, and then uh, low sec kind of things. Yeah, I mean so, this yeah. is this is starting to get a lot more discussion, right? Because you know, here's where you have, you know, this this uh, you know what's going on with fraternity out there, right? And and you know potential conflict with the Russians, but you know really it's this big discussion over over are the Chinese coming, right? You know you know is there going to be this big kind of you know swell into the game, you know of of people that have come from the Serenity server and and that sort of thing, right? Um, you know and is it beginning to sort of take take hold? Out there, um, you know, in sort of the southern drone lands, right, or whatever you want to call that place. I, I can absolutely say that Chinese are coming. Fraternity um, <laughs> growing, but also within Goonstorm, we have a few Chinese corps, and you really notice the numbers we have now uh, around that time zone. If we do fleets or other things around, um, I think a week or a week or four ago, three, four ago, there uh, there were always was a Russian forum on the Goon forums, but since a week of four, there's a Chinese forum on the Goon forums for people to get uh, information in their own language, etc. So there's, you really noticed uh, that time zone growing with uh, within uh, either Goon forum for people who don't like people who are in fraternity or fraternity pretty much. Uh, and, and I think that's a good thing, uh, having some more people around there, having some more fights there and other avenues, uh, and also a way to deal with time zone tanking, of course. What I get the I get the impression that there's because uh, Goonswarm has some has recruited some people into their uh, alliance, um, and they apparently i think this was mentioned before don't like uh, fraternity or not fans of fraternity or think differently and then i couple that with uh, the message that uh, asher elias said that he was talking to somebody from china uh, who was playing and he was saying like uh, you know those guys that are super patriotic well i'm not one of them that's why i'm here with goons those guys go to fraternity so is you know is fraternity kind of like a, a very nationalistic uh, identity politique kind of organization it's too early to tell i don't know anything about them uh that's the rumor right culturally and that's yeah. also why some people have actually expected some sort of uh chinese russian war uh where it's very much uh based on nationalistic uh tendencies yeah and it's also uh Noisy, did you have a theory that, and I think this was expressed on Meta Show as well, that 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 RMT land that that Russian ha Russians have looks pretty good to us. I okay, so I'm going. A lot of my information is coming from the Meta Show. Uh, I've, I've seen some other people like on Discords and stuff like that, but the the open source information coming out of the Meta Show is that there might be some you know 
gangster type activity. Let's call it gangster type activity with uh, the Russian gangs fighting against the Chinese gangs for some um, uh, for some space because the Russians traditionally kind of overextend and then they hire mercenaries to uh, fill in when they actually need some muscle and they and and they're being overwhelmed. So that might be going on, and so there might be something going on besides just Russian versus Chinese nationalism out there. Well, does that what because of the renting that the renting somehow leads to or you know, is the backbone of, of the, uh, the of, botting uh, territory? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I mean, does that does that make like what uh, you know, NC dots rental empire thing up there? Like, is is the Irish mob up there? I mean, <laughs> um, I, I, okay, so more open source information uh, from 2015. If you go back and you watch the um, you watch the um, security presentation. You'll notice that uh, three that the top three alliances that were nabbed for RMT and botting were rental alliances. Well, if you're going to do it, you do it in that kind of an alliance, I suppose. Yeah, the the botting alliances are not as well supervised, you might say, uh, as as the non-rental. Uh, the, or I, I really know from the Savnal point of view, but a Savnal alliance, they kind of keep an eye on what you're doing. Um, I go around and ask questions if I, if I see something questionable going on in my group. Um, no, I don't think anyone does that in a rental alliance. But isn't Serenity also very different when it comes to these things? I think things like uh, botting or automation and, yeah, and grinding is uh, extreme over there. And they don't have the same uh, oversight as uh, Tranquility. So I, I think there might be a bit of a cultural shock for some of those Chinese uh, coming over. I think it's kind of expected that you kind of do it on the Serenity server and just the way that like the minerals and everything are different because of the value of all the bots who mine a lot over there. It changes a lot of like the game meta just because it's so much cheaper to fly those like uh, Tech One um, capitals instead of um, Tech Two. At least that's covered. So, do you mean because there's so many botters? If you're not doing it, you're not going to make it. Like, yeah, it depresses like the mineral price, which makes it um, a lot easier to fly um, kind of stuff with good insurance, like battleships instead of uh, the kind of T3s and hacks that we've seen a lot over here in the past couple of years. Yep. Kind of interesting, isn't it, that if, I mean, the rumor is, and this is just a rumor, that CCP or the people who are running the server for CCP don't really crack down on botting because that seems to be what hooks in players uh, in in uh, in China. Wow, is that too, like, super racist thing to say? But no, like, grinding the Eastern games is a known thing, right? It's just that the, I think there was even, uh, wasn't there a, an attempt of a lawsuit because someone got banned? For botting, that wouldn't surprise me. Don't let me be the voice of reason here about whether or not we should <laughs> sit there and label the We're Russians and the Chinese as botters and <laughs> all this, your know, RMT wars and and stuff like that, right? Um, uh, outside of that, okay. Look, the 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 Russian part of the community has kind of stuck together the way that they have, I think because of, of language issue, you know, language uh, um, reasons, cultural reasons, whatever it is, right? It shouldn't be surprising that if you have a large influx of Chinese players from, you know, you know, who are familiar with Eve and came from the Serenity server and things like that, that they might not also initially um, sort of band together. They have a familiarity with the way they play the game and that sort of thing. Um, you know, longer term, you know, how does it, you know, how does it flesh out, you know, you know, remains to be seen. 
I think also just kind of basic the time zones. I mean, it's easier to play with people who are all in the same time you are. That's just a big part of it. Absolutely. Yeah, and and one other thing is that you know we've seen where real life politics and real life uh, world events can cause issues in um, Eve, like what when the Russians uh, invaded uh, Ukraine or whatever they did officially. Um, we saw some uh, fractures there. So the Chinese and the Russians really never have gotten along. There was, I, I mean, I remember there was a fight between the two powers back in like 1968 or 1967. So yeah, that, that kind of thing can happen. All right, full disclosure, I have a degree in modern Chinese history. What? And I used to live in China 35 years ago, and I, was, I spoke Chinese fluently at the time, a little rusty at the moment. And I have a Chinese corp in my alliance, and I, oh. I talk to them every now and then. You're our new authority on this whole Chinese No, I am not. No, I'm not. Connerus, can you? I block. I wander through Eve with a glass of champagne trying to figure out what's going on in this game. It's right, crazy. It. But Carneros, can you comment on the difference in, in, in culture in how to approach MMOs? Because just from looking at the type of games that you get in the Eastern MMOs compared to the Western, there's a huge uh, tolerance of, of grind and, well, some might say botting style. stuff. It's very, very grind uh, heavy, and playing them takes a lot of time effort uh, to actually there, succeed. There are some things you can say about stuff like that. You could also say, for example, that the American taste in games is very focused on the visuals in a way that the Japanese taste in games is not. Japanese are really, really uh, uh, appreciative of finely, finely tuned mechanics that's that hooks them in and they appreciate that and they can be more forgiving of less impressive visuals if the game mechanics are super well tuned and polished and americans wow. tend to be more forgiving of occasionally unpolished gameplay as long as the visuals are fantastic there are lots of things also, you can say also very will... focused on non-combat stuff right the the, the non-combat game designs are very popular in the east you mean um, like my uh, the the boyfriend is a pigeon simulator and stuff like that? I mean, mean like about? collecting things and grinding and farming things and stuff like that. They're very much PVE centric or very, as you say, very focused on things like designs, and they they don't mind actually investing a lot of time in very complicated designs. I I don't see as much correlation on that. Uh, I I see us do that too. What I, but, what I, but I do, yeah. I do correlate also to something that was said earlier about Russians and Chinese don't automatically get along, even though they do share some contiguous border. They, they are not. They, they, they do have a little bit of rivalry going on in the background. I and do like uh, what you described because it really kind of describes uh, the difference between PlayStation Four and um, what's it called. Uh, Xbox. Xbox? No, no, no. Uh, the, the one Nintendo? Japan. Yes. Thank you. Nintendo. Like, Nintendo has kind of, like, uh, graphics that are not as super hyped up and shiny, but the gameplay is amazing, especially on a game like Zelda. Or and there's Mario. a lot of tendence, uh, tendencies of uh, adding mini-games that are almost games in and of 
themselves, right? That that mm -hmm. can that can take full dedication to even master, right? I'm just talking things like uh, the Square Enix series, where some of those mini games are so extensive, and I have never seen anything remotely like that in Western MMOs. I don't see anything like well, maybe a little bit now when they've started copying it, but things like breeding horses or breeding co uh, chocobos and all these uh, intense uh, mini games and and grind fests. Yeah. Well, very interesting stuff, uh, Carneros. Thanks for bringing in your game design experience or uh, gaming experience. You've been at that industry for a while. Oh, uh, let's go back to what's going on in EVE. So there's been a couple fights that are big, and they have mostly happened inside of uh, FC TAC RPA. Uh, the Chinese and the Russians have been colliding uh, at least a couple times in major ways. First time was like January 1st, I believe. Uh, where Solar lost uh, basically half a trillion, uh, and I think it was three Titans and a couple of, uh, um, I was about to say motherships, but uh, a couple of supercarriers. And uh, motherships being the old name for supercarriers. And then uh, not long after that, uh, Fraternity lost a Fortizar that was well contested. Uh, so there's definitely some pushing back and forth uh, there, whether... Uh, it amounts to anything, don't know, but we're definitely keeping an eye on it because that's that's pretty exciting. And that's over on the southeast part of the map, and we're talking about um, Ince Mother, and uh, if you look at it, uh, Fraternity is in uh, Wicked Creek and Scalding Pass and stuff like that. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to completely rehash it because it was covered yesterday on the Meta Show, but I, you know, I, I do want to ask you guys because... Okay, so the, so the Matani was talking about sort of, um, you know, how how Fraternity... Is in some way or another allied with Panfam, right? Um, and and I I sometimes question whether or not look. There's going to have to be some big decisions that are made out there, right? That if there is going to be a conflict, let's say between between the Chinese and the Russians, right? Both Panfam has historical ties to to various Russian entities out there, okay? And so does and so does the Imperium, right? So do goons, and it's going to be interesting to see. If either one somehow legitimately breaks with those historical ties and moves to kind of this new up and coming group, or if uh, or you know, or if they don't, right? I mean, because r right now for the good fights or whatever, Panfam may be doing stuff at times, you know, with respect to fraternity. But I really don't know if it actually went head to head between the Chinese and the Russians. Who would uh, you know? Who would who would break with the Russians? I think um, it's probably just likely that either they just stay neutral and kind of stay out of it as much as possible, or honestly, just whoever, you know, pays them more and offers, like, the better incentive to fight with them. Yep, could come down to that. Historically, Let me... it's been the Russians, but we haven't seen what, you know, the, the new group is capable of. Thanks. Let me bring in Jin Tan, who's arrived. Uh, how you doing, Jin? Uh, great, thank you. Sorry, I, I went for a nap so that I'd be, you know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed for this, and then just didn't get up. It's no problem. Happy New Year. Yeah, no uh, we got you now. Oh, Thank you very much. Do you want to chime in on this? Yeah, I do, actually. It kind of it kind of circles back to something that Killer B says quite a lot, and I think is very um, insightful in terms of how he sees the Russians in the metagame. He says that the Russians are the diplomatic superpower of EVE Online quite a lot. And I think that really makes sense here. Like, if Fraternity went to war with... Um, the DRF, there's no way that they wouldn't call in all of their friends all over the world. You know, we saw that when GOTG tried to invade them. There would be so many backbones called. I don't think 
fraternity would be in any way wise to do that. Although, considering they've hitched their, uh, you know, their futures to the power of Tri, who have seemed to not be doing particularly well right now with the, you know, collapse of their EU side, although the US side seems to be doing okay. Uh, perhaps long-term planning is not something they're particularly great at, or at least right now. And if you see it from the Imperium side, in my, my opinion, pretty much what you see, if you see a fraternity war happening, uh, people who don't like fraternity join the Imperium Chinese groups most of the time. So I don't, you never know what happens in diplomatic things, but I don't see us helping fraternity in any way. Next to that, we have a big history with Russians from the past when we started the game. So I don't know. I'm, I I don't know what the Diplo talks are at the moment, but that's just my how I see it from the outside. Yeah, I mean, I think, there, I think there's a lot of forward looking here, right? Uh, the the what could be sort of a thing, right? We're not there yet. I mean, this is not something that's, you know, that's coming in, in necessarily the days and weeks ahead, right? And it may never come. Who knows? Uh, you know, then again, we may look back six months or a year from now and, and, you know, and say, wow, you know, you know, something has really shifted here. Yeah, hey, we're keeping an eye on it. You know what? This show started when we were keeping an eye on uh, Test, PL, NC moving north. Uh, that was uh, over, gosh, has it been over two years? Yeah. Uh, and that was the beginning of the casino war. Uh, a lot of stuff was going on, but we were all keeping an eye on it because nobody makes huge declarations they're going to do something, except Triumvirate, which actually was pretty ballsy. They said, we're going to take out FCON. That's what we're going to do. And they went ahead and did it. Other than that, everybody else says, eh, we're just kind of doing some. If it turns into some, okay. If it doesn't, doesn't. So, and I don't, I don't think most of us took them that seriously when they said that either. <laughs> no, I don't No, because they're a lot smaller. And so it was it, it was interesting. I, I thought, oh, this is going to be good. It's going to go one way or the other, because they said we either kill them or we die. And this is a, a you know pretty bold statement coming out of Triumvirate. And they, they did what they said they were going to do. Pretty cool. Maybe they did both things. Kill them the and die themselves. <laughs> it's the greatest murder-suicide of all of Eve. <laughs> yeah, <don't. laughs> right. Uh, all right. So uh, other stuff's going on. And so that's a little bit on the southeast part. Real quick, I'm going to go to the southwest and just look at Iron Armada sitting there between Goonswarm Federation and Delve uh, and Initiative and Snuff. Those guys in, are uh, cool. The north. I've yeah, gotten to know them think, a little bit better lately. Yeah, they, they're, they're popular um, in the media circles uh, because, uh, you know, they, they have writers and they have podcasters. Merdud coming out of... Uh, Mind Clash uh, is, uh, belongs there, and uh, as does Tridget, who's their leader. Uh, he's a writer, a uh, friend of mine guys. from EN24. Anyway, so they're there, but they must be having some kind of negotiations with uh, Imperium, because they're smack in the middle of Imperium territory. Uh, I don't... I, they're... they're, they're uh, hmm... You don't have to answer. Full disclosure, <laughs> uh, the Bastion opened a rental, a small rental empire. Empire. empire that's the humor word. It's like a multi-dollar empire. Uh, we have a small multi-dollar rental empire in Fountain uh, next to them. So I have had to interact with them more and fight them and shoot them more and chat with them more on Discord. Great guys. Well, that's cool. I like them. Um, well, yeah, right now... 
fountain is kind of like one of those places you can go like veil or tribute to rent space. Um, Aquarius, on the other hand, is like a community garden in a large city. It's one of those places where you can go and grow your small alliance in Nelsov. Yeah. My analogies are all over the map today, but uh, they, you know, it's... Delve is mostly all about, you can tell by reading the monthly economic report. Which we'll get to in a second. Although there was some excitement last weekend, uh, we got a instead of a Christmas gift, we got a New Year's Eve, New Year's gift, sort of. I think it was from Test Apple. Am I remembering this right? They Test. went to the uh, the Blood Raider NPC pocket in Delve, and they they sprinkled like fairy dust uh, upwell structures all throughout <laughs> the Delve NPC pocket. I know that was Horde. Oh, it was Horde. Yes. Yeah, was, well, was how can I first Christmas. It was first Christmas Day. They dropped, I think it was Christmas Day, yeah. They dropped 36 uh, uh, Rotorus and in, in a span of 20 minutes. So the 36 Rotorus came out in a span of 20 minutes. And we got to have some fun with our Supers and Titans. It's a little bit of a complicated thing to split up uh, uh, a very large herd of cats into packs to handle 36 individual structures. And, you know, each one you're talking to going, is your structure paused? And you get no answer back because someone doesn't know how to do push to talk. And, you know, and, or, you know, did it, is it dead yet? No answer back. No one knows. You have to send someone to go and look at the damn thing. It is such a, it, it takes a lot of leadership to manage that many projects all at the same time. And it's a comedy and half of them are drinking. Yikes. Well, look, uh, a wild Nystrick appeared. Uh, we have our own. <laughs> Hi, Nystrick. Happy Welcome New Year, back. everybody. How are you? I'm good. How's everybody's holiday? I'm sure you went over this already, but how is everybody's holiday? Ah, yeah, that's the general we to the audience, so you guys can put it in chat. Oh, well, glad to see you again. It's been a while. Uh, you're definitely on the show uh, as a large presence early on. And you even, uh, you even took a few shows and hosted them, which was really cool. So it's really nice to see you. Which was terrifying. Yeah, you did great. You made it look easy. Except Sitting they, there like, I don't know anything about this game. Help me. Oh, you did fine. And you brought in uh, some guys. One thing that was funny about that show that you did, and this is about a year and a half ago, uh, was this, uh, he put the camera on, like, zoom in automatically or something. So the camera oh, was constantly, like, moving on him, which was kind of funny. Uh, it looked like it was a spy cam of some sort. Well, how have you been? What's uh, what's new with you? I just, uh, I, I think, I don't really, not really anything new with me. I just, I just like looking at this. I always love looking at the Eve maps. That's like, even though I don't really play much anymore, my favorite thing is just open the Eve map every once in a while and look at what's changed. And I'm like, ooh, that alliance isn't there anymore. I wonder what happened there. Let me go find that article. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at it too. There's a lot of diversity compared to, uh, say, a year ago. Yeah, it's insane. Well, we're working our way down. We started in the north. We're in the south now. Uh, we're leaving the east-west out. Uh, we're considering them mostly south. And uh, yeah, but the next part is kind of funny. This is one of the funnier things I've seen on Eve. And that is uh, NCs camped in uh, by Test and Goons, I believe, in NKO. And that's Catch. Uh, sorry, that's N-K-O-E. Uh, nine K-O-E. What did I say? N? I meant nine. <laughs> nine starts with an N. So I was getting there. Um, 
Yeah, which is a uh, which is really funny um, to me, especially because there's some image. Maybe McLeod can show that image that came up. It's hilarious. But what do you guys know about that? Um, basically, I I got a rage ping from test like nine today, and they were like, "Yo, we need you to form right now so that you can head off PL because they're trying to break out the 250 NC, like a 250 man NC fleet that we have logged off in space." So I like rage form 150 Ferrexes sit on a bridge for a bit and then they say all right you can stand down now the oh. standing down so but, you, guys, <laughs> you guys helping camping them in then um no we were there just we we were basically we we're basically on standby for the next you know 48 hours to log in a fleet and head off pl um if test you know uh sorry if nc dot tries to make a break for it yeah well um it's, it's pretty great though like I think- I, it, you go ahead. It apparently just safe logged in space. I'm not sure how they managed to do it. I imagine they were just bouncing safes. That was the correct move to not lose your entire fleet, but it's put them in such an awful position as now they can't log any of their mains on for a significant stretch of time if they want to not lose a back fleet. Right. They took evasive action. So uh, they're, I don't know if it was a move fleet or if they were roaming, but they had a, a mock fleet. I believe Killer B was in charge of FCing. Uh, they took evasive action, probably due to uh, huge numbers coming out of test and maybe some surprises. And uh, that was uh, uh, Pro God Legend, which is kind of funny because Pro God Legend and Killaby were both in Nelly Segunda. Killaby, uh, Pro God Legend was the main FC for a long time. He basically was Nelly Segunda, and Killaby kind of came up the ranks through uh, Black Legion, entered into Nelly Segunda under uh, PGL. So they're kind of like under Pro God. So they're kind of like, you know, Ben Kenobi, Darth Vader in that respect. And if you remember a few weeks ago, um, Killer B was uh, ex-baited when he was a PLFC into a fight that uh, where he lost the Dread Bomb uh, to Pro God Legends uh, test fleet, uh, again, with some support from a different one. So very interesting. There's even more fun about it in, in things. Uh, what, uh... And Arendus hinted to it already a bit in chat, but when we uh, took when we were taking taking Delph, uh, there was a test uh, moved in uh, Delph to like mess with us a bit, and there was a Macario fleet from Test that we camped in for a few days uh, after uh, they tried to shoot some structures from us, and they also save locked. And over the next week, we killed pretty much all the Macarios up there. So it's pretty much. Uh, Rolls reversed this time, but uh, now NC is the person who's getting camped in. Like uh, PGL is taking a lesson from what we did. That's right. Yeah, PGL uh, was in the other position. Uh, it, it begs the question: um, You know, how are how are NC going to get out of this one? And so you guys will have to wait and see. But there are some uh, from my own corporation and from looking at NC. There's a couple people who are like. I'm ejecting and blowing up uh, so I can, you know, just leave this ship in space or I'm self-destructing and um, people are, you know, uh, of course, that's not that's not the proper thing to do either. They're going to come in, they're going to get that Mac fleet and go. If they don't, it doesn't matter because this fleet, you know, is expendable. They are Macs, but uh, which are expensive uh, faction battleships. Fight or make a run for the border, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think uh, if I looked, there was... Um, uh, 
some kind of a report that said there were five NC in and there was like 125 tests kind of just sitting around waiting and they're probing like crazy. So as soon as you log in, you know, they'll be on you in seconds if you're not bouncing safes, which means basically keep moving and not to planets or to, to places where they can find you. You move to safe spots, uh, which are in between planets. Uh, but yeah, triangulated so it, safe spots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, like second degree safe spots, and you keep bouncing those so that you don't get caught, and that's how you survive. But everybody has to do it at the same time, uh, and and you have to get critical mass in order to break the blockade. So pretty interesting stuff. All right, um, I guess this is news. An incursion in Delve was cleared super fast, like four hours. Let's real quick on that. What what happened there? Well, it popped up right in the middle. And, and it was in an awkward space. It was one Stargate from DTACW, if that tells you anything, right on the main pipe in the middle. There were a couple of important things stuck in the middle of it that were inconvenient. And upper management said, it must die now. You must kill it. And so, you know, uh, the, that wasn't, I'm not sure if it was from the Mitanni or the Emperor Palpatine. One of the two of them <laughs> said that. So, uncanny impression. <laughs> they both sound similar some days. And then, just kidding. Was, <laughs> it in, uh, was it just in the way of transit, or or was it affecting economic activity to the point where Aerith said this had to go down? <laughs> um, it was affecting GSOL's ability to place more economic engine structures, and that was enough right there. If it, yeah, never ever piss off GSOL. Just saying. But uh, they, <laughs> they started, uh, uh, we, st we formed up for it immediately. Um, people, it was a good moment. People had nothing going on. And they, we rolled out uh, the bigger fleets and immediately filled up four fleets of them and started hacking at it with caps and super caps. And it, um, uh, it got down to zero in like, on less like three hours and it was three the, hours 44 minutes just it's close to a record and they spawned the kundalini oh. and then they said okay here's the kundalini fleet only super caps at first you know and uh so we we i put a ragnarok and an aeon in the fleet uh went through the gate and before i could lock the kundalini with the second ship it was popped it popped so fast that um, it broke the despawn thing for the rats, and they couldn't all despawn fast enough. And it was so much force in the fleet that it disqualified us to count as having cleared the incursion for purposes of loyalty points. So wow. if you care about getting the loyalty points from it, I mean, we all thought, oh, we're not going to get any isk from this. We're too, it's too many guys. But we didn't think that it would also blow away all the loyalty points. It, it basically counted as disqualified, incursion not properly cleared. Exactly. Concord, whoever it is, basically said, screw you guys. You use too damn much, you get nothing. Exactly. Yeah, you blobbed us. But it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Yes. Hey, uh, That's so, perfect. Uh, so, um, Thel here is an expert incursion guy. So this is this only because we thought it was the fastest one it had, that had ever been cleared. But you're saying it was not the fastest. Um, it's the fastest one that I know of. There's a couple faster ones on Dotland, 
that I don't know if they were actually cleared because you know the data is a little bit wonky. Um, but this is probably the fastest null sec incursion. And the way that incursions work is there's, I believe, three in high, three in null, and one in low. And the low sec incursion um, is where you get revenant BBCs. But with the Citadel release, CCP changed the mechanic. To get into an incursion site, you have to take an acceleration gate. Um, and in the past, it used to be that capitals could not take the gate. So you would run it with uh, subcaps or battleships like they do in high sec. Um, but they changed that, so um, the Imperium here was able to run it with their super capitals. And running incursions in um, null or low security space uh, gives you a couple advantages. You can fit in 50% uh, more people, I believe. So it goes up from like 10 in a Vanguard to 15. Um, and I think in Assault, it's like 30 to 45 and Headquarters 60 to 90, something like that. Um, but you also get a lot more payout. So if you're blitzing them, you can make some pretty good money. Yeah. Like what's pretty good money? Um, Is, does it pay more than doing a show? D mil an hour? <laughs> like, yeah. That's Wait, without what? capitals, too. It's fun. It's a, it's, it's a decent ISK per hour while socializing with people, while kind of having some fun. It's the, not a huge amount of risk. The danger there is mostly it's just a moving, because once you get your capitals into system, it's cyanojammed, and there's an acceleration gate. So it's very, very hard to get caught, because you can warp out if somebody wants to drop, because to kill basically an incursion fleet of capitals, you're going to have to have other capitals. So that means you have to gate them in, get them to the gate, take the acceleration gate, and then fight inside that gate, which is pretty hard to do. Plus, if you've seen all the dead PVE capitals on the killboard for Delve, that's not how we're fitting supercaps in these things. They're basically PVP fit. You know, we're our FCs are completely ready to handle the rats and a PVP fight at the same time in those fleets. So it's not um, in uh, it's. It means if one were going to attack one of those fleets, one would have to know how to do both at the same time and be mentally prepared for it. Maybe we'll do a whole show dedicated to incursions because those things are uh, have a lot of uh, technique involved. It's kind of like high-end raid material out of a different game. All right, um, now we're moving on to our featured topic, which uh, happens to be Providence. So we're starting out 2018 talking about Providence. Uh, because it may be the last year that we get to talk about Providence. Jintan, <laughs> you're from Providence. What's up there? Um, well, we've kind of known that we were going to get, you know, some more serious attention from Pandemic Legion and their allies for quite a while now, ever since the station changes got pulled back, and also ever since FCON died. You know, PL were heavily involved in that. That's the reason why you saw. Uh, what 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 was the anime war start to really you know cool off and you know waffle's attention be drawn away from it was because Fcon was giving better fights and um you know they had more allies invested in that conflict but with that over it seems like PL is uh, kind of bringing their attention back to us and uh, I think a couple of people here will probably have seen a, a very adorable Shobon newbie kind of post on Reddit where some <laughs> one of our members posted on Reddit that, you know, PL had a, a terrifying capital fleet of 11 carriers invading Providence at the moment. Um, because, you know, oh, yeah. he's, he's, a, he's a guy who, who's never seen <laughs> capitals before. 
He's okay, never so seen anyone use capital as a PvP. And just thought it was terrifying. And I was like, oh, that's that's great. And so now that's a meme all over Reddit. And I love it. Um and <laughs> it's it's been pretty awesome. Like we've had uh a couple of interesting fights with them so far, but Mostly what's happened has been a lot of maneuvering in terms of us deciding how we want to take this war. We kind of learned a lot of lessons from uh, the anime war. It gave us a good a good understanding of kind of how to fight PL and what's effective and what isn't versus them. And equally, PL's learned a lot. They've, they've learned, you know, how we responded earlier to Citadel Spam and have just tried to continue that trend. They dropped, what, like uh, just under 30 Citadels in Northern Providence over the course of two days and we've basically decided to go and um concentrate our forces on one citadel at a time take out the one that we think is the most strategically important and let a lot of other ones survive um which you know we'll see how effective that is in the long term i suppose uh but it definitely means that pl struggles to engage us they brought up uh what can only be described as an unironic wolf pack fleet to fight us last time like, uh, what, like 50 jackdaws and some sabers and interceptors and stuff. They had a good time, I guess. So good on them. You you mentioned earlier that uh, this, you've lessons learned from the uh, anime war. By the way, Nice Trick, did you know there was a war over anime? I thought that whole name was a fucking <laughs> joke. I didn't know that was the real name of it, and I'm so happy. Well, the, uh, <laughs> Gentan was in the middle of that one, probably constructed by you, if I think about it, because you've created the situation that prompted it. That's oh, not yeah, it did. I that basically went on a podcast and really pissed off Reza, and to a lesser extent, oh, high yeah. to I forgot Best about that whole situation. Ever. That's amazing. I will say that we have actually, me and Reza have quote-unquote kissed and made up. He's actually a, a much chiller guy in real life than I thought he was. Uh, we hung out at Evesterdam. I got to wear his waffles hat. He's a nice guy. He actually invited me to join waffles. Um, did you, did <laughs> which is exchange, kind of fun. Did you exchange waifu pillows? <laughs> exchange waifu pillows. That is the great cultural exchange. <laughs> that is the official cultural acceptance and exchange in anime culture. That's like marrying your daughter to somebody else. Was there ever a resolution to that in terms <laughs> of the collection of Jintan corpses as to as to yeah. whether it was ultimately let back into, uh, you know, in there? Uh, you, you know, the whole anime th thing about it getting banned? <laughs> I don't think either Team 10 or Team 20 has won so far. Um, I believe Team 10, Team 20 is still in the lead, but I'm not sure if it's even relevant anymore considering Waffles died. Or, yeah. sorry, was absorbed like the blob. Oh, I will say a lot, of our, a lot of our guys have actually... Uh, I'm using diplomatic language because it's not fair to say that they died. Like, they, yeah, they willingly chose to become a part of their mother entity. In yeah, but you Legion. nicely pointed out that that was a contradiction in what, uh, uh, was it, their leader had said before. Like, we have nothing to do with PL. We'll never merge into them. <laughs> <laughs> we were all like, okay. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure even he knew that that wasn't true. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, you've got to have your front to your members, and I think that's a fair thing to do. Like, I, I can't put any blame on him for that. Yeah. I will say there's actually been a, a quite a funny incident as a result of Provi's kind of face as well, which I, I want to throw out there, which was that we didn't realize that we actually had a, a, a neutral freeport in the middle of our space, because obviously 
uh, Providence lets people who are neutral kind of set up in our space and live there. Uh, and we didn't realize someone hadn't set their access list properly to like not set, not let in red in. So ironically, PL just docked in, in an Asbel that we that is friendly in in <laughs> <laughs> in Profi. So that was fun. So one of your engineering complexes became the staging ground for an invasion. Yeah. <laughs> that that does me think on your Keepstar that wasn't there at one point anymore. Well, uh, that was rip, rip. mishandled, right? Yeah, the court that actually dropped that is now in test. <laughs> of course uh, it is. Yeah, Embering, led by a very, very old member of Providence in terms of age, uh, Colette Zanina. A really good old school FC, loves his zealots. Good guy. Oh, yeah. True Amar, if he loves his zealots. Nice trick, any temptation to uh, see what Test is up to, since that's where you were playing when you were playing Eve? I always have the temptation to look into Test and see what's going on. Um, but at the same time, at the same time, uh, I kind of have like no love left, because a lot of the people that made Test fun are no longer there. Every time I tune into the show, though, I, I have the urge to join every number of alliances that you guys talk about. <laughs> wow, that's an endorsement. I like that one. Oh, well, okay, so Providence, uh, are you guys in trouble here when, uh, and I guess it's pushed to sometime in the early part of 2018, the stations in the, uh, whole, on all the map, basically, the stations that were there before are going to become faction um, citadels? Are you guys uh, fearing that creating a catastrophe for Providence since you are riddled with stations, which means you're going to be very, very station rich when that happens? I, I think that's pretty much the only reason why Pandemic Legion is still attack is attacking us. Like, to a degree, I guess they do get good fights out of it, but you know, PL doesn't like solve. We that's that's been long established is that they bloody hate intosising. It's not a very interesting game mechanic and. Um, that's something I think everyone's aware of. Um, but they are actively intosising a lot of our systems. If you take a look at GTAC 5 on Dotland, you'll notice that they've managed to take the iHub there. I don't know if they've taken the station quite yet, but uh, I'm sure they're working on it. Yeah. Um, so this is the start of something I predicted, what, like seven months ago? The um, Seven, eight months ago, I predicted a gold rush war. Uh, unfortunately, the timeline got a little delayed because CCP delayed the changeover from uh, citadels to sorry, sorry, stations to citadels. But with yeah. that probably on the horizon here, does it make sense that PL would start attacking again now, especially with nothing else to do? Yeah, you're roboting, so I'll take it over for a little bit here, and and that is that the the change of stations was supposed to happen at the same time as the last the winter expansion, where moon mining was going to be revealed at the same time. That kind of expansion was so destabilizing, uh, and maybe because CCP just couldn't put the two things together, um, that they split them up into two, and so you had the stations, uh, sorry, you had citadels. Um, you had refineries put out in the fall, and moon mining changed with them. And there's still fallout for that. So people are still adjusting. The market is still in inc incredible uh, uh, surges. Yeah, incredible flux. So it's a good thing they didn't put those two things together because you'd have such a, a calamity that you know nobody would know what to value anything. And so it was, uh, it was a pretty risky move if they put that all together. So instead, you have in, in the last winter, in November-ish, or October, I forget when, you have... 
moon mining uh, totally changed. People are adjusting to that. When they get adjusted to that, then you're going to get this huge hit of, oh, stations are up for grabs. They're worth a lot of money. Uh, attack areas that have stations and take over those stations before the stroke of midnight, because when that happens, whoever owns the station is the one that gets to take it away. Yeah, sorry, what did, I, what did I get to you before I started roboting? Um, pretty much, uh, I just went to the backstory on why CCP split up. Uh, and you know, as a CSM member, probably better than I do, why did they split up uh, the um, station changeover from the moon mining changeover? Uh, basically, it just came down to time. They didn't think um, the current Citadel mechanics were in a good enough place for them to uh, fully take over from stations. Like, uh, you know, people hadn't finished their changeovers. People didn't think Citadels were in a place where they could be attacked properly, more to the point. So CCP made uh, what I think is actually a very wise and... I don't know how to put it, like a prudent call to say, all right, we'll, we'll delay this, we'll get Citadel changes fixed, and then we'll do the changeover. My guts tell me that the uh, QA department would, in particular, have been very happy with splitting that up. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. So, yes, sense. that's probably something to do with it. All right, cool. Well, what is life in Providence now compared to what it was, say, five years ago? Five years ago? Same? Yeah. Jeez, um, you're really going well, back. I'm, I'm going back to old Providence. Um, so what was 2012? I'm trying to remember what what Providence was like in 2012 because I was there, believe it or not. Um, yeah, that was or take before, your pick, you can go four years, whatever. Yeah, that was before the Brave War. Um, our head FC at that time, we did have a head FC. Oh no, our head FC then would have been Rislin, but Rislin wasn't playing very much, so our de facto head FC was uh, Hitatoshi Rushed, uh, a guy literally no one knows because he changed his name and. I don't even know who he play, plays with anymore, but he was a great FC for us for a long time. Um, we've lost a lot of alliances since then. Um, Volition Cult left us. Uh, Evictus left us. Um, but we've also gained new ones. We, we gained uh, Arcs Alliance. Uh, we've gained Cog. Uh, for a while we had Warped, but they've now joined Test. Uh, that's actually an interesting fact. Is a lot of people, we have probably more friendly relationships with our neighbors to the south than we ever have had in in the past uh back then it was i i can't remember if triple a was still in the south i think they were i think they, they were, were just making a comeback weren't they just yeah. trying to make a comeback then yes yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was stain wagon but it was more triple a led than it became later on um later on it became very soviet union and um Oh god, what was the other alliances there? Sword of Damocles and all the an infamous lead. Red Alliance? Uh, Darkness of Despair, I think. Yeah, those those kind of people started to take make take a rise in the Stainwagon coalition. But we had a very antagonistic relationship with them because there's a lot of bad blood in in the history between um Providence and AAA. And I think that's really exemplified by the fact that we were still staging in DTAC G. We still saw everyone living in Catch as our biggest threat and not people in Losec. Um, and then that changed kind of later when NC Dot started invading us from Losac, um, which was the point where I first rage quit Providence. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no worries. That there was nothing to do with NC Dot anyway. I'm not going to go into it though. So that's a story for another time. Uh, right. So you uh, so you have new alliances that are part of the Provi block, uh, and your relationships uh, with your neighbors are better than they were. Yeah. 
we've we've also massively we're probably the 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 alliance that has most benefited from uh the jump changes sorry the coalition that's most benefited from the jump changes because we're not an offensive coalition yeah. and the jump changes massively increased our ability to use caps to defend our space we're definitely not in on the scale of what um Goon swarm or even pandemic horde or any other major coalition is doing but we went from literally never being able to use capitals because we would always get dropped by pl because our cap groups were so thoroughly infiltrated to yeah. oh we can actually use caps to kill things now um and we kind of we kind of learned that the most during the previous two invasions that we had prior to this one which was where we fought off mc uh, and then later on triumvirate and triumvirate really taught us how to use capitals properly or at least it wasn't stupid and uh, you know i've got to thank them for that it was uh was a, it was a lesson, a lesson well needed. Uh, Sal, what'd you say? The geography of um, Providence is really good for that too. I think you, you know you can hit most of the region from uh, is it V three? Uh, you can hit most of the region from three D tech. Yeah. Also, uh, you guys seem a little more. I wouldn't call you expansionist, but adventurous. You got you guys are found fighting, or you know, in fleets and in big fights that are not in Providence. That that's more kind of my personal work than anything you? else. I've kind You're of borrowing the keys to the car. Yeah, I've just kind of like I've always been up for going off to fights, and uh, the leadership in CVA basically has no way to stop me because there's no interface between the military and civilian leadership of CVA. So you just basically there's no fly. interface. Uh, there's very little. Okay. Well, anyway, so I noticed that because Providence was always kind of like, you know, we're just going to home patrol. We're not going to venture out and get into other people's fights and stuff. But that has changed. Yeah, well, we we kind of realized, well, I personally realized that we needed allies. Like, we couldn't live on our own. Uh, 2015 really showed us that, that we were basically at the mercy of any big alliance that wanted to come and shit on us. Um, When when are you going to take the place over and name it after yourself and... Do the whole military coup. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me just fucking turkey it up. Um, no, uh, that's not really my thing. I, I've, I've said before that, you know, if I ever felt like I was going to do that, I, I would leave rather than change Providence so significantly. I, I don't think that's something that it would be morally acceptable to do. It goes against my, my convictions. Like, I, I feel that Providence is something that should exist in its current state. It's kind of a a very casual, an almost a casual place to play Eve Online in Nullsec. It's it's special. It, it's, some, it's it's special, but not like special with a capital R. Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's a, it's a lovely place, and it's it's something that I think is important to the game. And that's why I stay there. It's it's great. It yeah, helps I mean, a I... lot of people get involved in Nullsec. It's the breeding ground of new alliances. It's important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, a lot of a lot of FCs came out of there, and uh, and I think it's it's what it's, and I meant that in a very flattering way. It's one of those places that when you're a new guy and you want a taste of Nullsec without having to go through all the uh, blood tests of joining an alliance, uh, that's a good place to go to kind of just get a feel for the danger and uh, you know what the opportunities are for harvesting and stuff like that. Man, that's cool. All right, uh, let's move real quick to uh, low sec, high sec faction war areas. This this is gonna, it's not a place where we concentrate a lot of news, but I want to start um, getting more news out of there because there are a lot of players that you know that that affects them, uh, and really just um, 
Faction War had a, a fight uh, between uh, Fed Up uh, Pen, I'm not going to say their whole name, Emergency Exit looked like they dropped a bunch of uh, dreads into this fight. Uh, and they were fighting the Kaldari side. That was a Galente side. The Kaldari side is uh, Templus. Uh, the Cruiser's crew, they used to fight for Galente, I thought. And uh, local is primary. Looks like uh, Kaldari kind of came out ahead, but it was a, kind of a split. And uh, so, yeah, some things were destroyed there. Okay, uh, let's move on to the... <laughs> some things died. <laughs> some things died. Uh, sorry. The story of Eve Online. Yeah. People got into local and things died. Uh, okay, Meta, Meta Eve uh, is a, another section that we want to talk about because those are all the stuff on the actual map, people fighting in NullSec and LowSec, that kind of stuff. But the Meta is a whole different ball game, right? Uh, and so the first thing that we look at is the uh, monthly economic report came out, and that is... Uh, and I saw an interesting tweet from Noisy Gamer, uh, who's always interesting. You said something like, the indications are that people are coming back to Eve. Can you qualify that? Tell us what that means. Okay, so I, I, the reason I said that is one because we had the um, uh, we had the expansion that uh, extended the alpha skills number one, and then when I look at the uh, monthly economic report, the active ISK delta actually went up. Um, normally, we've seen the the uh, the delta go down, and that. You, you, and so when it goes down, it indicates that players are leaving the game more than um, they're coming back into the game because that's like the amount of ISK that's actually active in the economy. And so if you see it, if you see the, 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 the number go up, it means that people are coming back to the game. Or it could mean because it was only 1.9 trillion or something or so that that Aerith needed uh, some extra money and he went on to some old accounts and, and activated them again. So it could be Aerith just needing a little bit of extra cash, or it could be that pe uh, people are joining the game faster than they're leaving. Well, hold on. I personally think that it's more to do with the fact that uh, people like Darkness are printing ISK faster and potentially the Chinese coming in. Hold on. But, no, wait a minute. Number one, it was only positive by 1.9 trillion. Look at prior, prior months where we've seen increases and and it was you know it's been way higher you know seven trillion eight trillion whatever um, and even when you go back to the chain let me let me roll back a second here number one it never hardly ever used to be an up month as far as active isk delta and that and now it has become more volatile where you will see up months and you will see down months mainly because of the way that they're now calculating it it used to be that that was um, um, calculated based on your money wasn't calculated into the into the Eve economy unless you were subbed, right? So it all came down to subs. Now it has to do with 30 days of activity across Omega and Alpha. Um, if you were not active during those 30 days, then you're you know in the next calculation when they run that calculation, um, it comes out or it comes back in if you were active. So it's gotten much more volatile now. I'm not sure that you can read into it. Um, that on any given month, you know, a 1.9 trillion increase in activist delta is somehow different than the prior month where it was negative 27 trillion or something like that. I don't think you can uh, at least read into it that it's got anything to do with incoming uh, new blood because you would have to support that with other data. Uh, I don't, 
I'm not entirely sure, but I think I would expect something like uh, the ISK velocity to go up a little bit as well if there was new blood coming in. If it's just ISK being uh, faucetted into the game, it's most likely existing players uh, change in activity. But as I said, I do think that maybe the Chinese actually sucking on the ISK tip would actually uh, increase it a little bit. And it's not any uh, major bump, really. It's just a small uh, increase in inclination of uh, the ISK uh, uh, faucet. Yeah, that's why I said returning players and not new players. And uh, yeah, it's it's just an indication that for some reason that the that the um, amount of players, or at least the wallets of the players that are haven't played in thirty days, um, that that the, they are less than the ones that are coming back playing thirty days. And also, you have to remember that. The um, that the active ISK delta also includes uh, players that are banned. So, um, so you so it's it's not just so whatever that amount is, you have to like uh, take that into account too. And it was still positive. Yeah, I mean, just just so people are clear, active ISK delta in the monthly economic report reflects ISK leaving the game, not through sinks, not through anything like that, but leaving the game. A, because of activity, or B, because of uh, um, uh, it's and okay. new logins, right? But, the reactivation of accounts. And they are right. 30 days delayed, so that means that they should be 60 days delayed let, on the MER, as far as I remember. Let Derek finish uh, his thoughts. Well, you know, but I just want to go back to Please. the last four months. The last four months, okay, so September, October, November, December, negative 20 trillion, positive 7 trillion, negative 20, 28 trillion, positive 1.8 trillion so i mean again it, you know it, it is much more volatile now than what it was prior to the introduction of alphas where almost every single month was always just a negative um you would get a you know a positive month once in a blue moon now it's much more volatile and it's important to note that the negative numbers comes from bans or lapsing accounts right so it's just so people actually know what we're talking about you know, I think when you, you know, I think when you look overall at at sort of um, you know you know just the overall economy uh, you know the the money supply last year expanded by you know the, the overall money supply right so the accumulation of everything over the course of the year um, was up sixteen point five percent. I don't know that that necessarily signals one thing or the other, but you know active ISK delta you know tends to be a very small thing. I mean, let's put it this way: when you're talking about basically right? Um, on any given month, let's say it's plus or minus 20 trillion ISK, right? For active ISK delta. Um, you, you're also talking 100, 100 trillion or more in, in bounties. Or, I'm sorry, in, uh, in, in, in total faucets. You're talking, you know, 60, you know, 60, 65 trillion just in bounties alone. So, I mean, that active ISK delta is really sort of an inconsequential number in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, at, at this point, it, it, because of the size of the Eve economy, that number is a rounding error. Uh, it's, or like I like I like to say, it's uh, the money that Aerith finds in his couch <laughs> when he's trying to order a pizza <laughs> late at night. Oh, can yeah. I can I just remark that I was actually right from my prediction? I didn't think I was going to be, but oh, I was in doubt because Aerith said that we would not actually get the uh, Dell numbers above uh, Forge production. But they actually were, if you added queries. Yeah, okay. but we're talking about Delph and not queries. 
Let's not lose all the fans uh, by getting too deep into uh, economics. But what's the major takeaway, Dirk, or Noisy? What, what does the economic report say this month? There's a lot of money in EVE. There's a, you know, certain okay. places have a lot of <laughs> mining and ratting and production, and other places don't. I mean, it, you know, so not I, enough I, wars. I mean, it, the, the interesting thing to me was that the uh, consumer price index is still high, but it's not climbing anymore, and that the uh, mineral price index just keeps going through, uh, through the floor. Okay. I want to know where to put my money. That's what I want to know. And that's what people want to know. Minerals. Long-term plex. That's uh, always a safe bet. That's the gold standard of uh, EVE Online. Uh, minerals seem to be at rock-bottom lows right now. Exactly. And if we're going to get some balance changes that have influence on that, that's definitely where I think uh, value is going to be at it. It really can't go much lower, can it? I mean, no. Firex is an old... Uh, and we prices. might actually start getting some more skirmishes and wars happening, so... That would actually What's that? The low price of minerals has driven the price of like super science so far down. Yeah. It's crazy so, how cheap they are. All the stuff built by the minerals is super cheap. Uh, I don't know. Is that is that just you know, is this just kind of a CCP's way of transitioning us? You know, they're letting us have stuff cheap so that we can keep active. No, they're not. They're not driving it with that kind of intentionality. Okay. Two glasses of sparkling wine. I will. I will disclose <laughs> that the most recent Ragnarok I bought was fifty bill. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Have a I think it's an unintentional uh, consequence of some of the design changes. It's not something that they intended to do, but I think that's what they're starting to roll back. I, I had some people uh, from uh, the north joining our corp, and when they saw the. The prices of supers and dread and uh, and dreads and everything capitals on our forums. What what those are? They freaked out. Like what the fuck? It's so cheap. It's it's the difference in is billions. Well, uh, somebody uh, Veltel here says uh, Plex and injectors. Well, yeah, I don't necessarily think that's a safe bet. Of course, Plex if uh, it's going to have a, a spike in. Uh, in actual uh, nominal value, but not necessarily in real value. And uh, uh, I don't think injectors and that stuff is, is going to keep rising that much because the utility will be laxed a little bit from uh, the changes that CCP are going to bring in. Well, the skill injector farms kind of keep the value on that pretty low and tied to Plex for the most part. I don't think it's going to rise independently of Plex. Got it, Dirk? Well, no, I was just going to say that, you know, if what you're looking for is just a place to park your money, storage of wealth type thing, um, you know, Plex remains the best, you know, it remains a good place simply because there's very little in the way of long term downside there. OK, uh, even if there's not necessarily incredible upside, which which depending on what they do in terms of in terms of demand drivers there. Right. Um, typically, they're never taking any of the demand away. Right. They're only adding to the utility of Plex over time. Um, you know, so if you're just looking for a place to park money, uh, you know, as opposed to using money to actually generate return actively, that's a completely different story. That's but, not entirely true, Dark. If you consider alphas, alphas is a utility, right? Hold on. Let me just finish the, the 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 one piece there, and that and that was basically because Plex still has at the very core base of it, right? It's tied to the value of game time, right? So yeah. everything at else, the very least. 
at the very yeah, end. And when, when you when you add Sorry, the utility I, and the usability on, of, not, of alphas, a, that is reduced, right? That's not an opening to interrupt, Derek. I'm sorry. No, no, I no, did that first. No, 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 no. I was finished with what I was saying there. You know, it's just that that's why I say storage of wealth, right? I mean, like you're not going to store your wealth in in tritanium, right? You're not going to store your wealth in a particular module or something like that, right? There, you're making an active bet on something. I'd actually almost disagree with that because storing your wealth in titanium is actually a more safe bet because that's always going to be needed and it won't really change much in utility well, because not, not they don't rebalance that a lot. I, I don't think the titanium, I would say, is always needed more than Plex. I think they, they're both always going to be needed, but I think Plex is probably a better gold standard. Well, the problem yeah, but CCP is reducing the, the utility of Plex and adding it, uh, making it more free to play and casual to play. So unless they are uh, adding benefits to uh, Omega accounts or they are adding content in the next store, you're not adding utility to Plex. It's well, I would argue that adding alphas increases. To I um because I played alpha for a while after quitting and like honestly and truly playing it, I was like, okay, so I see what you're trying to do here and I, I get it, but it's not enough and I need to Plex to be halfway useful right now. So also, to do you, anything I want to do. So I'm going to Plex because the alpha is not good enough for me. If you, if you look out of the next five years, looking forward into the future, CCP will add more things you can do with Tritanium. And they will add more things you can buy with Plex. And I would argue they will add more to the latter category than the former. Okay. Well, but, but my thing about minerals, right, is that is that. Look, they can make a whole number of changes out there in terms of the build requirements or or something to do with mining or or what have you, right? Whereas with Plex, it's not quite the same thing. You know, chances are they are not taking away the utility that exists in that currency. So there's just right. you know, there's just more potential volatility when you get down into individual. And I, I said tritanium simply because it's just it's just a thing, right? Um, you know, you know, any form of mineral or moon goo or whatever, they can make changes to the game that then have an impact on on the volatility of what goes on, you know, with that particular item. Right. All right. A uh, little correction uh, when I was talking about faction war, uh, and I said that um, that cruiser's crew was a Gal uh, Galente militia before. They weren't. They were actually not in the faction war. They were just low sec and uh, blowing things up there. Uh, interestingly, they got a keep star. But it was blown up by goons in December. Uh, so, you know, some interesting stuff going on there. We'll probably have a show on it. Uh, we'll invite old friend Ash Dorothy, who's part of Fed Up. Uh, I think he leads that effort. We'll get some Faction War guys on here and uh, see what's going on in LOSEC. Well, definitely don't forget to get Suetonia on. He's been leading a new corporation called Aggressively Feeding uh, yeah. in, in Dow. And he's been having a great time by all accounts uh, doing that. Called, yeah. called what? Aggressively Feeding? Yes. <laughs> Is that a, a pretty good name in the style of NC Dot, where it was attempting to look vulnerable? <laughs> almost, almost as good but, as my alt court sees the memes of production. I wonder yes. why NC Dot... Go ahead, nice drink. No, I just like the name, sorry. <laughs> I, do, I, I don't know why NC Dot was named NC Dot, but I thought it was a... It was a it was a play on Northern Coalition, so whenever people talked about Northern Coalition, they would get confused, and that was a thing. There was actually a movement um, maybe a year and a half ago, uh, a poll put up for NCDOT saying, should we change our name? And it, you know what the percentages were? Like 50-50. So they said, ah, we'll just leave it. Well, it was originally named after the original Northern Coalition to kind of poke fun at them. 
Um, I don't know how many people in here even remember the old North Coalition. Oh, I do. I love them. They were awesome. Uh, even though I wasn't in them, I was, I was awesome at feeding them. They, no, they were good at dropping supers all the time. <laughs> they were really good. Oh, NC Dock, not this time because they're not docked in uh, 9K OE or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I, I liked uh, NC Dot from the beginning. Uh, they were uh, just for, you know what? A lot of it is wrapped around. Uh, Vince's personality of being just a ferocious, uh, ferociously aggressive uh, FC. Uh, they just bring, they bring all the might all the time. But, um, you know, that was a long time ago. Okay, so MER uh, told us a few things. Uh, we won't go too deep into that anymore. Here's another one, and that is the ESI API is, replaced by, is replacing the XML API, and that's going to break a ton of things. You can listen to the Meta Show for more information on that. But also, actually, Open Comms, you did like three hours on it, right? No, we didn't do three hours on it. We just did three hours. But oh, Just it, go with me here. <laughs> there was probably 40 to 45 minutes you know, you know, where we had some guys uh, you know, that I was lucky enough to be able to get out of the Talking in Stations Discord like at the last moment to come on and sort of like, you know, give us, give us you know, some, some, uh, some insight into the changes that, that are going on there. Um, now, there was, more, there was more on the Meta show yesterday, um, you know, and, you know, but... Yeah, I mean, there's you know certainly some stuff going on out there, and yeah, I know there was discussion about you know you, you, you know uh, Evemon maybe not going to be uh, um, taking advantage of this that the developers currently involved with it you know may or may not be uh, doing something, and then there was some discussion about this whole I don't know some law in in Europe or something like that that is affecting what's going on with that, which I got to be honest, I didn't quite understand how it Se applied security to this. laws. Because CCP is now in London, uh, and they're doing business in London as a business, I believe. So they're uh, now um, subject to new laws from England, and that is that's also security laws, which require you to maybe uh, secure data a certain way. And that's why they had to change that up, I think. Also, um, even if they would have remained in Iceland, uh, they still would have to like do that if they wanted to operate inside the European Union. Yeah, but England's going to jump out of the European Union, so who knows? No, they're part. Iceland is part of the Schengen nations, as far as I remember, and also anyway. the European Economic Board, etc. So they they have to follow those laws. But but yeah. what is the data that needs to be protected? Data about avatars you, of a video put, game? No, per, personal you can't put PII, personally identifying information, in your game metadata, uh, and but. I would argue that which characters are in which account together is not PII. So I, I believe that they're they're not interpreting things in the way that I would, but I'm not an attorney. Well, it might be just subscription information and stuff like that that can't get put out to... I still think it's more about the architecture of uh, the whole account and character thing and that they are trying to modernize it. And that, I, I heard what you said about that earlier before the show, and I, that's, a, that's an option. It's a possibility, definitely. And can I just, like, you know, make the guess that maybe that they, they don't want any, any uh, extra legal costs, so they're just being totally conservative about this and that, so that nobody comes after them? No, they're, they're incurring cost either way. There's no way to reduce cost in this model. They're either going to have 
development cost or they're going to have legal cost or they're going to have both? By changing it, they reduce their possible legal costs. Yeah, okay. No, almost no video game company spends much time thinking about the, the costs associated with uh, lawsuits from legal exposure. Uh, all right, so we'll probably have a different show on that. That's not happening for a few months, so we'll have a, a show that kind of covers that a little bit deeper. Um, all right, but last yeah, thing... What would actually be really good you know, would be to you know, get some of the developers of these um, major third-party things. You know, obviously, if we can get Steve Renukin to you know, come over and get, be on a show on INN yeah. just for a second. But um, you know, it, would be, you know, it would be good to have some of those people who really know the inside to this to sort of be able to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, we'll get uh, maybe some CCP representation, too. I, I'm, I'm sure they want this to go smoothly and more information to better, so they'll probably show up. We'll see. But last thing we want to cover is the... Uh, if you guys aren't tired, should we go on? All right. 2018 preview, and that is basically just what's coming up this uh, early this winter here in January, February, and March. Um, the agency is okay. This is happening on Tuesday, guys. So be prepared for this. the The agency is going to get a revamp. They're going to add faction warfare, uh, incursions, uh, expeditions, uh, and epic arcs. Are going to see an improvement inside of the agency. Nystrick, do you know what the agency is? Nope. Well, I was I just going to ask. Yeah, I think it's actually a really cool thing. Um, but basically, it's a radar of content. Uh, so when you get into the game, you can see all the stuff that's around you. Cool. All the stuff's going on. So I think they're going to be putting in a lot of stuff into that. Uh, and they keep adding stuff. So that's their new thing is they're going to add stuff to that. So when you get in, you'll have a context of what's going on around you. I don't think it'll be PvP stuff, uh, but you can get that through the map anyway. How many people have been killed and all that stuff. Um, but one of the byproducts of that, and I know Noisy Gamers is going to blow a fuse right here, is the journal is going away. Um, and that was mostly used the way they thought it was, and that was with um, agents being most. Of it, so there's like five or six tabs on this uh, journal that you have right now, and it breaks down to agents uh, tab getting about 10% usage, expeditions getting about 5%, contracts 1% or less, planetary launches, epic journal, and incursions all less than uh, one, you know, half a percent or something like that. Um, and nobody seems to have used the loyalty point tab, so that's probably. Or a journal, so that's probably going to go away. But it's yeah. just tied into I... the whole thing of, uh, I call it the bypass operation, because that's what they've been doing for the entire year of two, uh, 2017, right? They've been taking out things and modernizing things and moving things on to new and more up-to-date platforms, right? And that includes things like the API and ESI. Yeah, now am I nuts or is it going away? Because uh, I think I just shocked the heck out of one of our fans here. Not even Dutch. What's that? Well, well, the agent finder is going away. Well, yeah, there's, the agent finder is going away as long as as well as some of the journal stuff. Um, yeah, the um, the I mean, I'm I would really I'm really going to be blown away by the agent finder. That's what's really got me upset. Uh, if the epic arc uh, tab goes away in the journal, I'm going to be upset because I really like that feature. I'm going to be upset because right now the what's the thing that they're replacing it with um, that map that shows you nearby content it's agency yeah you no know, there's another one the map that you're supposed to use to find content near you it shows like everything uh, they're adding faction warfare to it actually which is really really cool I love that 
but um, I can't remember what that thing's called. Is it called like the Content Finder or something? That's I'm what they pitched it to us as. Isn't that considered the agency? That's what I, I call think it. That's the agency. Yeah, all, all of that's considered. Yeah, on CSM, dude. You should be telling us. I, 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 don't, I don't know what it's called. I've never used it in game because I don't oh. need to find the PVE. I just undock and fucking run Havens if I need to, which I don't because I fucking hate PVE. <laughs> But I, said, on, I only do it for RP reasons. I only, I only PVE for RP you, reasons. You heard How it sad here. Is high sec really voters, you heard it here. But noisy. Somebody out there is saying, "Why is the agent fire, finder going away?" Can you explain the difference between the agent finder now and what is going to be through the agency mechanism to find agents? Okay, so basically, you basically on Singularity. If you go there now. And it's it's live now, but I went on to Singularity to to see what the most up to date version was. And so you you go in and you let's say that you want to see all the level four mining agents. I wrote a, I wrote a blog post and I needed to see all the level four uh, mining agents. So I I go ahead and I do that, and you don't see it depending on your filter. You don't see all the level four uh, mining agents. You'll just see the top twelve. Um, and like that's a problem because, for example, for the Minmatar Mining Corporation, they have 21 level four uh, mining agents, and so you're only going to be able to see 12 of the 21 agents, uh, which is which is a problem. Uh, right currently, the capability is you get to see all 21 agents, uh, and um, the upcoming year will only be able to see 12 because that's all that the agency allows you to see. And is that based on proximity to where you are when you look at that? I think they fixed that. It used to be that it would be scattershot. And maybe it's maybe if you like pull back and you want to see all mining agents in the game, that you'll see it scattershot and you won't see the closest agents. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, that's that that is an issue, and I, I know that there were reports that you would not be able to see all the all the uh, locator agents, and even and so it would like show locator agents that were six systems away, but um, it would wouldn't show locator agents that were that were in your same system or one system away. That th those were the reports, and so if that's the case, that's a kind of a big step down right uh correction from Miranda's thanks uh, he wrote this in chat that uh the percentages that i read off were in comparison to all windows which makes a big difference because the fitting window is used constantly every day uh the agent's window is used 10 percent of the time compared to all windows not compared to what's on the journal tab and the journal tab isn't necessarily going away tuesday uh, but you can bet that everything in the journal tab is going to find its way into that agency uh, finder, I guess. I mean, the agency as a concept is a really good concept. It's a one-stop shop. You get to see everything there. You just open it up, and you don't have to try to remember the six or eight or ten places where everything currently is or was when they before the agency it's just that right now they have a limitation of being able only able to show the top 12 search results you know looking at looking at these uh, numbers the agents tab being open only 10 percent of the time doesn't that give you an, in, uh, an insight into how much pve is actually going on how much mission running yeah but i think I that's the core idea right players do pve 
I, don't I never think used so. it. I, I never used that um, agents tab when I was running uh, agents. Uh, when I was running PVE mm-hmm. missions, I just I just went to the agent finder to find the ones that I wanted to run for. Yeah, and also they've changed the agents. Uh, they're a lot more communicative, and it's a lot more sensible how you communicate with an agent now than it used to be. So you don't really need to go to the journal to find out who you're working for. So it's it's probably not a good gauge. In fact, the, the fact that 10% um, uh, or the, the agent window being used 10% of the time is actually kind of high. Like, that's actually pretty high. And that's yeah. kind of the idea, right? It's to, it's to make the game more um, new bro friendly and remove some of all the complexities and uh, the hidden menus and things that you have to actually know about to be able to play the game. I do think that all of the old things will then be put onto these new UIs and and new design ideas. And I, I actually think that it's really good for you because I think it will actually help with player retention. Uh, something something when you guys said earlier was. Uh... I wonder how you know how many how many people play do PVE, and I will say that uh, I was talking to a CCMP employee like uh, six or seven months ago, and they uh, brought up a statistic from their their surveys about just how many people see themselves as PVE only, not a mix between PVP and PVE, and it was a, a lot larger than I than I think a lot of the established player base would expect it to be. How large was it? I cannot divulge that information if it's not at least 60 percent then then i would be surprised because i i think that over half the players of eve consider themselves pve only i'm, I'm not gonna play the over under game with you noisy i had to try gotta be low on that when you go through your high sec there's like 30 plus people in each system you go to low it drops to five and then in dulcic a lot of systems are completely empty other than like staging and ratting systems there's just so much more concentration of players in high sec and i think a lot of them kind of are we're all insulated from because we're primarily null sec you know very um kind of war focused but a lot of the players in eve are outside of that kind of bubble well, that comes down into the whole debate, you know, or the whole, well, the whole argument out there about, you know, um, you know, where is the population of Eve in terms of players, and you know, how many people have alts and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, you know, that you know, the one point two or one point four or something like that, you know, accounts per per player and 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 whatnot. Well, uh, look, we know that there is an incredibly long tail of of uh, just single account holders out there that that you know made exclusively reside in high sec and if they do chances are they are probably exclusively pve in some you know in some way or another yeah but that Amen. the question is like only pve because i think a lot of people would say yeah i pve but i also do a little pvp here and there no I don't know. Well, I think it exists, but you know. But again, if you really had to, you know, which I'm sure CCP is capable of doing, you know, looking at the entirety of their player base, right, um, and just how many are exclusive to you know high sec. I mean, yeah, you're you're going to have some of those people that maybe do some of both, right? But again, this long tail out there, people who log in, do missions, do these other things, you know, mine and high sec, whatever. I mean, you know, that's all PVE, and and they may consider themselves, you know, basically exclusively PVE players. Yeah, it's the whole you know ninety percent of people kind of work, nine percent kind of contribute, and then that one percent are those content creators, and that's the way it works. In here. Right. So, uh, 
nice trick. You've been out there playing other games. Uh, I think actually you've been going to school or whatever, but you've been busy. You not you have not been playing Eve or anything like that. Have you been checking on it? Yeah, pretty much constantly. I'll, I'm always looking, like I said, I always look at the map, see what's going on at the very least, and then usually tune in to talk shows and see what people are saying. Cause it's always interesting to hear about the changes and stuff. Cause sometimes I read CCP's stuff and I'm like, okay, but what does that mean? Because I don't know the game well enough to really just read the notes and be like, that's going to impact it in X, Y, Z ways. Interesting. Have you, have you tried to do with uh, the new alpha changes? Have you tried to run some things? Now you can fly battleships and all those kind of things. Yeah, it's definitely better. Um, and it's definitely been a thing where I'm like, well, at least I cannot just fly rifters. Because as much as they're like, you know, my, my spirit animal, at least it's something else. But I haven't had the chance yet to sit down and actually just try it out and you know it, that's kind of funny because i um um Nistric has still been relatively connected i want to say to you know one degree or another to the game you know over the time that she really kind of hasn't been playing it right i've got a buddy who just came back all right um he was actually one of the co-founders of my corp back in like you know i don't know oh nine or ten or whatever when i built that originally he hasn't been around since pre-phoebe wow and like I'm like, oh my god, dude! There's so much we have to talk about. Don't, don't even undock yet. <laughs> just, <laughs> just let's have a chat. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and and he had undocked from someplace out there and flew up and and saw a titan going through a gate, and he said, "What in the hell is this? When did that happen?" And oh I'm like, god. "Oh, we have so much to talk about." That must yeah. have blown his mind. I would have been like, "I'm sorry, it's what now? What? Who? What? What?" Yeah, I've been really wanting to make kind of like patch cover videos for that reason just like quickly in like three or four minutes just going through here's everything that's happened since the last patch and what's coming in this patch that might definitely be useful especially from like maybe a new player perspective like because you know a lot of people get into really deep stuff and really break well this is what it's going to mean to a player who's been playing for like five years and really understands the game yeah i i did think about doing that for the the uh uh I can't remember what they called the latest expansion, but we were trying to get them to call it Eclipse. Oh, Lifeblood, that was it. Uh, Jintan, maybe you should ask CCP to uh, mail the patch notes to characters so when you log in after X amount Holy of years, you would fuck. actually be able to see the emails and check them and see what's changed. Wow. There's so many patch notes. People would just unsub from like <laughs> that. that Imagine, you know how we have the new player experience or new players coming in? We, we Maybe CCP needs to code the returning player experience. Yeah, old player experience. <laughs> Mail's not a good solution. First of all, they would want to fill for who's your main in some way and only send it to one character anyone with 60 accounts doesn't want a fucking email from every one of those patches did i say that i'm sorry yeah i've never even read Are my like copy? there's one time where i read my mail and the only thing in my mail was oh my god you're a girl sleep with me so from that <laughs> day forward i've never checked my eve mail oh. again I oh you mean I, I, no i love the in-game mail system it's great well, I hate you have a vastly different experience it. with it than I do. I get like 10 mails a day and I answer all of them. Yeah, how much fan mail do you get, Uh No, I don't get fan mail at all. Um, oh, I've had one piece of fan mail. It was very nice and I, I thanked the person intensely. But um, no, I, I, I get a lot of CSM questions through my in-game mail. Um, way more than you would expect because a lot of people don't really know about these out-of-game platforms so that like a lot of people who come and talk to me 
literally get my name dragged because I asked them. I asked them like, "How did you find out like who I am?" And they were like, "Well, I wanted to ask the CSM something because you know we elect them." And I asked someone who we could contact, and he dragged your name into a chat window, and I right click sent message you. And I'm like, that is. I used to get. I used to get emails like that on my CCP Zinfandel account. It's it's great. Nystrick, do you still get fan mail? I guess that's not fan mail, is it? I did get one. That was kind of cool. It was like, hey, I really like your show. Thanks for doing stuff and talking about things. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Okay. Yeah. Can we be friends? I, I yelled this week at a court member who uh, a few court members after each other sent a court mail and, and I yelled at him to stop doing that because I really don't have to have the same mail on 10 accounts. Uh, you know, I will say uh, just for behind the scenes purposes, uh, TIS does get a lot of fan mail and we actually posted in the uh, um, patrons mixer, basically patrons and show guests and staff have this channel and that they all get to see the, the fan mails that comes in. I don't post it all, but I post because some of it's kind of mixed uh, where they say something personal to me instead of the, the TIS, but I post the stuff that's for TIS in there and it, and it happens quite a bit. So thank you guys for letting everybody know uh, you appreciate them. It helps. I mean, you can see we, we, Gentan needs a hell of a lot more fan mail than he's getting because he does some amazing work. Maybe everybody who is on the show should send Jintan an email. That's how I stop replying to every single email I get. I will log in just for you. All right. <laughs> so, doesn't want any, he doesn't want uh, a fan mail. What he wants is your vote. <laughs> yeah, right. The greatest um, fan mail of all time. Votes. <laughs> so Tuesday coming up, uh, Dead Space Structures are going to get a visual upgrade. The Reload Guns, uh, our reload module, is going to get an upgrade to that system. Should be interesting. And Forward Operating Bases, which haven't really taken off. I haven't I've had trouble finding anybody to even talk about Forward Operating oh, Bases. Oh, wait a second. I, okay. Yeah, I've had a couple of Bastion structures reinforced by Forward Operating uh, Bases now. Mostly in the second. Yeah, I found out that, that was a thing curious. recently. Unironically, someone mailed me that, and I was like, huh. So I had to talk to the devs, and it's like, is that intended behavior? And they're not quite sure, but they think it was. They're chewing up citadels, huh? Well, yeah. they're a little bit um, short attention span, uh, I have to say. They'll go and reinforce something and then not come back for the timer and then reinforce it again and then not come back. Well, I saw it one time get it down to 5% shields and then they all worked off for no apparent reason. I I, I don't know. <laughs> AI needs some help. They got to finish the job. So forward operating bases are these pirate uh, installations that are supposed to be there in your nullsec space, sovereign space that you're supposed to take on with a group because they're very difficult, right? No, no, forward operating bases aren't null. Oh, they're low sec. No, they're, they're, high, they're high sec. High sec. Okay. Space. Well, you mean the ones in low sec are not forward operating bases? They're, they're shipyards? Yeah, they're, the ship yeah, they're shipyards. Well, uh, so the forward operating bases are in okay. high sec. The shipyards are in low sec. That would explain sec. why you do not want to fight with the fleet that comes to reinforce your structure. You, you don't because they're like, they, yeah, no. Mm-mm-mm. That didn't work. You well, have to go remove the shipyard, not attack the def- attacking fleet. So totally wrong about that. But the so the forward operating bases aren't the ones that are that are taking on citadels. They are taking on citadels in high sec. Uh, oh, if okay. if they 
get not done with. So if you don't deal with a forward operating base, they're going to shoot citadels and high sec. If you don't use deal with the shipyard, the Blattrace, uh, Tio, and the Grist is now there, they're going to shoot citadel your citadels in uh, in uh, null and low sec. Are they not? Are the forward operating bases not just shipyard lights? Yeah, they are shipyard lights, and they're only in high sec. Okay. So they're attacking bases and killing miners, uh, according to Arendus here. Thanks, Arendus. Uh, as far as I can tell, the shipyards in low sec uh, seem to be uh, as gnarly as the ones in as null sec. The low sec seems to be as bad as null sec, except that they don't drop capital BPCs. Like, uh, worst of both worlds? Those are the resource wars, right? The uh, Those are the, no, the mining. No, this this, those are the same satios you have in in, in Nullsec. All right, so I've got like <clears throat> I've got like four things wrong all at once, and I've probably <laughs> confused everybody. So I'm gonna keep quiet. We're gonna do a show. We'll get uh, some okay. experts here that can talk about the stuff and untangle it for us. Well, I'll try thing. to get some video footage of of us getting one of our structures attacked by those things. Just that. Yeah, we... I'll jump in and do some some PVE to to get some experience with the stuff because I did not play with it before it came out, and I haven't played with it since. Okay, uh, Upwell Structures 2.0 is coming later in the year. Uh, Hacks will get uh, a balance pass, as will their little brothers, the Assault Frigates. As you know, Hacks are heavy assault cruisers. Uh, and then Faction War Citadels, that's the big uh, gold rush war that Faction Jim Todd's talking Faction about. Citadels, not Faction War Citadels. Sorry, Faction Citadels. Five. Uh, <laughs> like that, I'll use your nap. Meryl, do you want to take the nap that I had? Uh, where you like sleep for exactly three hours? Can you tell I'm shaken? Like my confidence is shaken. Yeah, now, now you're just not sure whatever you say. Yeah, like I, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Somebody talk. Uh, and finally, FanFest. And this one I got wrong too. I thought it was the last FanFest in Iceland for a while, but apparently there's another one in the summer. It's going to be a bunch of fan fest. Well, okay, so so back at Vegas, right? One of the things that they announced was that in 2018, all right, that that fan fest, their 15 year anniversary, it's going to be really big, blah blah blah, blah right? Um, but in 2019, they are planning to not have fan fest in the spring and have it be as big as what it is, right? And they, but they will have something in Iceland over the summer, and then they're talking about having four. Fan Fest, uh, Fan Fest Vegas, Fan Fest Amsterdam, I think, Fan Fest Down Under, I think was the other one. And then possibly they're talking about an East Coast US one. So these four other things. That'd be great. I'm going to be honest, okay? I would wait until Fan Fest this year before we think, b before we really start to wonder, is 2019 really going to be what they said there? Or maybe are there some other changes that might revert that who knows I, i'm kind of personally worried that the current community team will not be able to handle the workload required to make that happen um that's Great. not to disparage the people who are left there but that's a fuck ton of effort yeah they're already stretched very thin like i'm 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 like clenching my teeth just thinking about it but i hope could, they can do it could um, they just outsource that i mean they already are going to to some degree because they're working with existing player event organizers yeah. but um i don't know but the I, I will say i'm really looking forward to this next fan fest i'm 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 
think I'm going to be able to attend, almost certainly. And uh, I'm I'm going to continue to try and convince CCP to do what I've been telling them to do for a long time, which is uh, release the have like the earliest possible version of Eve that you can get running uh, at FanFest, so that people can see how far they've come. Uh, we had a we had a me and Fozzie had a great conversation with this over dinner uh, in. Um, last CSM summit and he you know the the earliest they could do was Trinity because literally the drivers that you need to run old Eve doesn't they don't exist anymore no one has them I was just going to ask if, it, if if the code was actually available anywhere and anyone knew well, what it was I seem to so remember there was some than... like third party server at that one point Hold on they, one yeah, uh, uh, they they do have the um the original launch code of Eve online like pre-overview, even online. Carneros, what were you uh, saying? There? Yeah, what you're asking for is so much harder than you know. It's like crazy hard. I've uh, I've helped to some degree, very minorly, on EverQuest and EverQuest Two now on getting them to run uh, again from the start, and it is so much work. It's like insane amounts of work. World of Warcraft is busting their ass trying to yep. do it, and they're running various scenarios and trying to figure out how to do it. Now, that's admittedly that's for a different purpose. They're trying to make it playable again now and a good experience for someone who wants the nostalgia experience, which is not what you're saying. You're saying get it playable now and not necessarily a good experience so that people will remember how far we've come. <laughs> yeah. Right? That. It makes sense. If you play Eve now with the expectations of what Eve is today and you play the old game, you're going to be a little disappointed. Uh, all right. So that pretty much wraps up all the content we had today. Um, we, have to, we have to move on to StratOps. All, our, all, uh, all the stuff that goes on in Eve goes on every day, so we got to take off. Um, but uh, thank you very much for joining us. I will say one last thing, and this is uh, on the somber note. Um, that I guess it's going to be hard to say this and then go to goodbyes, but we'll we'll do it. Uh, a sad note is uh, one of the famed players for uh, Eve Online C4W3 lost his son Ramses uh, in real life, and that was Ramses was a player um, that uh, played from nine years old until uh, just under 24 when he passed away, unfortunately, and uh, it's a, a, a just a brutal loss. Uh, for C4, we really feel for him and uh, extend our condolences. No, no, no words really kind of help uh, in that, but just know that our thoughts are with you. Uh, it's uh, sad to see a kid that grew up with Eve uh, pass away early before his time. That's just terrible. Uh, okay, but uh, um, after that somber note, I do want to thank all the guys that showed up today. We'll probably have smaller shows in the future. That's one of the goals for this year. Maybe like three or four people having a discussion. Uh, rather than this army of people, but there's just so many people we wanted to um, bring in and talk to. It's hard to decide uh, which way to go. Nice trick, so nice to see you. What a surprise. Thanks for letting me jump in, guys. I really I really miss talking to all of you sometimes, so. Uh, welcome anytime. This is where we hang out. Uh, Jentan, thanks for showing up for Providence. And no worries. Apple Pear, uh, thanks for bringing us up to speed on some of the stuff going on in Gooseform. And Thel, uh, a fellow newspaper man, uh, appreciate you stopping by. Thanks for having me. I want to say you. thank you to Chris Absey, 16 months in a row, to Cowboy Pete, who resubscribed, who subscribed, and Valorin, uh, 
Thank you to Mad Viking 90,000 for 16 months in a row. Um, thank you to Tiebreak for three months in a row. And also thank you for all the people supporting us on Patreon. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Carneros, and thank you uh, for tuning in. We got up to nearly, what, basically 200 people, and those are real views, by the way. There's no trickery. There's no, uh, if you have it muted, it doesn't count. So these are people who are actually watching and listening to the show live. Uh, I want to say thanks for tuning in with uh, such interest. Really appreciate it. All right. So that's going to wrap up this week. We will see you next week on Talking In Stations.